Welcome to In the Green Room. I'm Kinga. And I'm Chet. And this is Martin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay. And I'm Dr. Art Mullen. <laughs> welcome, Dr. Art <laughs> Thank Mullen. you. We've wanted you on for a long time. Okay. Well, so she's, she's talked a lot about you, and now <laughs> okay. you're finally here. So oh, well, yes. thank you. So well, cheers. Welcome in the green room. <laughs> cheers. Yes, thank welcome to In the Green Room. Thank you. You're with your water. Because <laughs> Dr. Mullen's all about the health. We're not always about the health here at the, in the green room. But okay. We are now. We are today. Today you'll be healthy. That's right. We're drinking well, wine and you're good health. You're going to be really healthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that we are about health. I'm, I'm totally about health. And I, I feel like everything in moderation. And, but we're going to get the expert's opinion. Sure. Dr. Art Mullen has been around for a long time. He's been an expert on uh, television, on um, Good Morning. Well, and you've written several books. You yes. Five books, correct? Yep. How many? Five? Yep. Five. Yep. Okay, I thought it was four, but yep. it's five. I stand yep. corrected. Yep. My, my first book was Run for Your Life. So that was back, uh, published by Doubleday, and it was back in the 70s when the running craze was mm-hmm. just started. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was uh, pretty successful. And then I kind of evolved into the anti-aging situation. And so uh, the and last... What's the title of that so book? Dr. Mullen's Anti-Aging Program. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. one of the last books. And then I wrote a book on healthonomics. And healthonomics is all about how to balance your physical, emotional, financial, spiritual health. You know, so we... Because it all goes together. That. They all go together. Yeah. It's like the four legs of a table. So, mm-hmm. you know, you want to balance it. Uh, so if one leg gets broken, you know, say it's uh, mm-hmm. your emotional health, you know, for some reason, at least you have your physical health, you have your financial health, you have your spiritual health. So the table's still going to stay erect. And you could even lose two legs of that table. And the table's still going to stay up. But if you lose all four, Mm. you know, then the table's going to go down. So it's really important to kind of balance everything out and really fortify each individual leg of that table. So and how um, do we do that? And how do you do it? Uh, <laughs> that's what the show is well, Easy question. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, it's exercise and diet. You know, I mean, that's a really important Plenty component. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the sleep is <laughs> sleep is critically important. As you get older, you sleep less. So mm-hmm. most people sleep, you know, uh, eight to ten hours a day. Chet, you know, probably, you know, if he goes out late, he might sleep 12 hours a day. So, you know, but... Uh, how many hours you know, do you sleep? Um, I'd say on an average night when I get to bed, at a normal time, I'd say get about like six or seven hours. Me I'm too. Not a super, super deep sleeper. Like a lot of it, though, is because I get hungry. I have a really fast metabolism because I work out a lot. Sure. So I'll get hungry before I'm like ready to wake up, but then I wake up because I'm hungry. So yeah. He's always one hungry. specific question I had for you, though, um, when it comes to anti aging, do you think it's more important for exercise or diet? for avoiding aging. Yeah. So so I think exercise is important from the standpoint of as you get older that you can function autonomously, that you mm-hmm. can basically lift up a bag of groceries, that you can uh, walk to the store, you can walk to your car, you know, so I think... Well, a lot of it's also mobility so that you're not in pain, like if your shoulders are impinged or your Exactly. Hips. And by staying in shape, you also, because as people get older, they lose their balance. And mm-hmm. so then they're going to fall and then they're going to have... 
fractures and and so all of those things. So from the standpoint of you know diet, uh, that's important as well because we're talking about cardiovascular disease, we're talking about diabetes, we're talking about high cholesterol, uh, we're talking about the other components that'll affect you from a metabolic standpoint. Uh, diet is important from the standpoint of if you want to control your weight. So when people talk about losing weight, you know, exercise is important and it's important to exercise every day. But on the other side of the every coin, day, I believe in that too. Every, every day. day. Yeah, because it's, you know, I mean, we can kind of get into that as well. But, you know, the diet is important if people want to lose weight because it's probably 90% diet and 10% exercise, you know, so. Uh, Interesting. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and we can, you know, as we get further into this, we can talk about diet. We want to go deep, deep, deep <laughs> undercover with into, you. Into the diet. Dr. Art Mullen. Okay. We do. We do. Okay. So, uh, yeah, tell us a little yes. bit about the, the diet. So, is it, is there certain types of foods you should avoid? Is there yes. a certain type of diet that you actually recommend? Right. I know you've written, written books about it, so probably. Right. Gluten-free, yeah. how is sugar? Yeah. Is yeah. sugar the root of all evil? So, so uh, eliminate the pasta, rice, potatoes, and bread. Those four components well, that's all are, are the no, killers. <laughs> you know, I don't like those things. You know, so that's good. Yeah. So, so, pasta, so, so pasta, rice, rice potatoes, and bread. So those four, you know, if people want to lose weight, they can lose weight by trying to minimize those or Mm -hmm. even eliminating those four components. That's really important. Uh, I think in terms of the other thing to include in the diet is fiber. So most people consume on a regular basis about 15 grams of fiber a day. They need to consume at least 35 grams of fiber a day. that's a huge You know, so for instance, an apple has uh, four grams of fiber. So, you know, if you're going to have an orange, you know, it has three grams of fiber. Uh, It's better to eat the whole orange than drink orange juice. So for me, uh, all I have is water every day. So I don't drink any juices. I don't think juices are that good for you. Uh, Can you divulge your age? 77. Wow. You look amazing. You do not look a day over 50. No surgeries. (laughs) You look amazing. Seriously? Yeah, you look great for your age. Do you promise? Thank you. I I promise, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no surgery. She's yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're 77, and I believe yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you've been on this anti-aging kick for a while, and it's working. Uh, yes, it working. yeah. So it's working. And, and the other thing, I mean, if you're talking about your skin, I mean, I try to avoid the, the sun. You right. Know, I mean, besides using sunscreens and everything, I mean, you know, I don't play golf. I, you know, it's just certain yeah, things same. that you want to uh, avoid. So. You know, the marathons that I've run over the years, you know, I mean, that would probably be the greatest amount of sun exposure that I ever had. How many had. marathons? 34 marathons, three Boston what? marathons, wow. you know, hey. uh, five what? triathlons. And then you sponsor you know. uh, a 10K here. Yes. So we sponsor the uh, 3TV, Phoenix mm-hmm. uh, 10K half marathon. Uh, it's, Which you've, it's, been the, it, you've been the... I um, founded. I founded that race 47 years ago. Wow. It's going to be the, the 47th year when I was in kindergarten. I started that race. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just having my bar mitzvah when I actually. But you're started. the three TV correspondent, or have been for like I have 25 been, years. Uh, for this, Weekly. for three TV, I've been on there for 30 years. Okay, 30. And then prior to that, I was on uh, Channel 10, Fox. 
uh, the station, and I was on there for 10 years. And Good so, Morning America, uh, Oprah, Oprah, Larry King Larry Show. Larry King, Sally Jesse Raffi. Yeah, no the way, old, Sally Jesse? Yes, all the old, <laughs> so all the old crazy shows. So who was your favorite shows, uh, interviewer back in the uh, Larry King. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Larry King incredible. was, I, I spent, Legend. well, I, I spent, it was actually New Year's Eve, uh, and I spent three hours uh, wow. doing his radio show. Wow. And uh, you spend you three, hours, three with him. hours And then I actually, everything. I mean, <laughs> everything we're talking about <laughs> mm-hmm. from, you know, getting in, a, in, in hot tubs and what the temperature should be in the hot I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy. Now, did he make an outline and, and did he read from the no, outline? No, no. He, he was so, off the cuff? He was so cool. He's I mean, so cool. yeah, extemporaneously, everything. We took calls from the listeners and, and everything like that. But and he's uh, passed away. And, God yeah, bless his soul. Yeah, I know. He was a great guy and then mm-hmm. at, so it was a three-hour show and then they would pe- repeat it three hours after that so wow. uh but uh, when i got done it was three in the morning so it was oh, it went on at midnight at that time till three in the morning and then i slept on his couch and then took a f- plane out at like seven in the morning so wow <laughs> how cool is that so it was uh, pretty cool Did, so yeah. i'm sure with with larry king being married so many times how many times is he married like he five was or only six? seven Seven times. So, did you guys talk about sex? Uh, yeah, we. I think we did mention that at one time. How many? Actually, we talked about how many calories you burn for sex, which was fifty calories. You know, that's it. Per, Just fifty per encounter. Well, okay, per encounter. Per encounter depends upon how vigorous it is. Though. Okay. So, yeah. Because we discussed before the show that yeah. sex is important for anti aging, and we were going to talk right. It's a healthy. Bit about that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really healthy. I mean, I think mm-hmm. and and men who you know get. Uh, for instance, prostate cancer. So, mm-hmm. you know, prostate cancer becomes more common in men as they get older, whether it's 60 or 70 or 80 years old. So uh, one of the newer treatments for prostate cancer is basically not necessarily prostatectomy or uh, radiological radiation therapy and things like that. But one of the things is what we call surveillance. So uh, say a man uh, 75 years old who's healthy and he gets prostate cancer and decides that uh, he wants to continue having an active sex life, Mm -hmm. you know, we might recommend for him surveillance particularly. And, And of course, there's many factors, whether he has other comorbidities? Does he have diabetes? Does he have heart disease? Does he have high cholesterol? You know, uh, does he, uh, you know, basically exercise every day? Is he in really good shape? Uh, So that individual may want to continue having a sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And uh, we recommend just surveillance. So if his PSA isn't extraordinarily high, PSA is prostate-specific antigen, Mm -hmm. and that determines, it's a marker for prostate cancer, determines whether or not an individual should, you know, have surgery, you know, and then they Mm -hmm. give them a what's called a Gleason score. A Gleason score determines whether or not the prostate cancer is metastatic, if it's spreading to bones or other organs or liver or kidneys or colon, you know, and things like that. So those are all determining factors. So for that individual, you know, we want him to continue to have an active sex life. And, you know, that's going to be important for his longevity. I mean, I think 
You know, when I talk about anti-aging, I mean, I think people have the potential to live for 120 years. I, I really... My grandma just passed yeah. at 105 and a half. I, we discussed God it. bless her. I, I love it. You know, because... It's not a tragedy because she was yeah. so lucky to live that long and yeah. blessed. Yeah, absolutely. Very healthy the human body has the capacity to We have that capacity, years. but yes. And again, that's what you're going for. If you are going to function autonomously, Chet, this is what we're talking about, is, is you want to continue to be healthy and strong and, and vital, you know, I mean, if you're going to be, you know, in a wheelchair, you know, say at 85, you know, and you're not able to have a normal life and be able to function on your own, then, you know, maybe that's not such a, a, a good way to, to be at that Mm-mm. point in right. life. It's not joyous. So, you know, mm-hmm. and so it so just depends. Prevent that. depends upon what your goals are, you know, in terms of longevity, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, do I want to live to 100? Yeah, I'd like to live to 100. It, it seems like I'm pretty close there. Yeah, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but it's a quality of life 100. But it's, it's not 100. But it's quality. Exa- low, right? Yeah, exactly. It's quality of life. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to, you know, just enjoy your life and be able to, you know, enjoy your kids, you know. Oh, and, my gosh. And I, everything. I, I and your ga- grandkids, you know. Oh, my gosh. Please yeah. bring them on. Bring them so on. So can you just start an anti-aging routine at any age? Yes, Good question. Yeah, so ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, you know, and I've had patients over the years and they will come to me and say, you know, I'm 65, you know, I have diabetes, I have heart disease, you know, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, what should I do? You know, well, you can still start at that point and start on an anti-aging program. Mm-hmm. And maybe... What would you suggest at that point? Well, and maybe you'd be able to reduce the medications that mm-hmm. you're taking for your blood pressure and for your cholesterol and for your diabetes. So uh, at that point, I would suggest starting with a walking program and you could walk, say, one mile a day, you know. Uh, Cut you know, I like, dongs Yeah, I, right. <laughs> it, <laughs> and, and then change your diet and eliminate... The the pasta, rice, potatoes, and bread increase the fiber in your diet, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and and salads, fruits, and vegetables. And the diet I recommend, particularly as you get older, is a low animal protein diet. So if mm-hmm. you follow a low animal protein diet, what about so fish? that so, so that means it's uh, an animal. Y- yeah, yeah. It is? Fish, fish is an animal. Fish is an animal. Okay, so, okay. You know, fish. Okay, fish so you, you could eat fish, chicken, and, you know, I mean, I haven't eaten red meat for the last 40 years, you know, mm. but that's really? a okay. personal choice, but I'll eat chicken and fish. But one of the Grand Prix studies of epidemiology ever done in the world was mm-hmm. done on 6,500 Chinese. It was done by Beijing University's School of Preventive Medicine, uh, Oxford, and Columbia. A guy named uh, Colin Campbell you know, did, did this particular study. And, and he was like really into the whole anti-aging process. But they found that the 6,500 Chinese that they did this study on did not develop diabetes, uh, didn't have hypertension, did not, de- you know, had a very low incidence of colon cancer and a low incidence of breast cancer, uh, that they were, that their longevity was incredibly increased by following this low animal protein diet. Mm-hmm. So what I recommend is no more than one animal protein meal a day. So if you had eggs for breakfast, if you had chicken for lunch, 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you had fish for dinner, that one animal protein meal would be your meal of the day. So that would be an excellent type of diet to, to, to be on, and it would be healthy. So when people get kidney disease, when they get to be 80, 85 years old, kidney disease is really one of the major killers, and people have to go on dialysis and things like that. What they do is when they put them on dialysis, they put them on a low-protein diet mm-hmm. because mm. it spares the kidneys. So there's something called BUN, blood urea nitrogen. So your kidneys filter out this, and the BUN increases when you get kidney disease. So uh, the blood urea nitrogen is basically nitrogen becomes a, a byproduct of the protein. So by reducing the amount of protein, uh, you're able to spare your kidneys and also lower the incidence of all these other diseases. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it's... Uh, it, so what would you eat for protein instead? <clears throat> Well, it's, so, so, so there's two types of protein. There's animal and vegetable proteins. So you, you know, mm. you could eat tofu. Tofu's a, a great, uh, you know, substitute. But uh, all vegetables have protein. So you can get, you know, there's 22 essential amino acids. So you can still get some of those essential amino acids from just eating vegetable proteins. What about nuts? So, oh. so can that byproduct, um, nitrogen in your bloodstream, can that happen from an excess of any type of protein or specifically yes. from animal protein? It can happen from any type of protein, even if you were to be eating uh, excessive amounts of vegetable protein. But it's most, But it's mostly a breakdown of the animal protein. And so um, you know, like this amount of meat would be like, say, three ounces of chicken or three ounces of meat. So that's the equivalency of about 50 grams of, of protein. So the average person, say, uh, say you, you weigh 150 pounds. So there's a rule of thumb. One-third of whatever your weight is is the number of grams of protein that you can have. Okay. So 150, mm. you can have 50 grams of protein. So that's a, that's a, it's a one to three process. Mm. You know, Schwarzenegger uh, wrote a book years ago, Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. uh, who I had the pleasure of meeting. I met him back. Really? Yeah, I have pictures with him from the 70s. You oh, know, wow. What was he like? When he was uh, Mr. Universe, you know. And so uh, Schwarzenegger wrote this book, and it was all about protein, you know, because bodybuilders think that they need to take in enormous amounts of protein. This was the question I was just about to ask you because I'm obsessed with kind of natural weightlifting and like getting as big as possible. And there's like definitely part of that culture is trying to get as much protein as possible. You know, eat a two pound steak and all this other stuff. So it's so interesting to learn about that. You don't need to. Basically, just putting your kidneys under unnecessary stress. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You need to reduce the amount of protein that you're eating. And if you really want to build up your muscles and you want to get yourself as cut as possible, you know, that's really what you need to do, you know, is just, uh, you know, reduce all of that uh, protein that you're Mm -hmm. eating, you know. So uh, it's interesting, too. I've read uh, over and over again that uh, the plant-based bodybuilders end up being stronger, uh, have more endurance. So why why is there such a difference between plant-based protein and animal-based protein? Because the body absorbs it differently. And it takes much longer for your body to digest the animal protein than it does the vegetable protein. Mm -hmm. So there's a great movie. It's called Game Changer. And in Mm -hmm. fact, 
the Schwarzeneggers in, in that movie, but it's called Game Changer. Game and, Changer, let's all watch it. And, and you need to watch that. And, and you do, definitely need to watch it because it talks all about mm-hmm. these guys who are just incredibly ripped, you know, and they basically talk about the fact that they haven't eaten any animal protein in such a long period of time. Wait, no, no, no. Because my grandma, that, as we said, just passed away about 10 days ago. Right. She... But she wasn't a bodybuilder. She, but she ate everything in. <laughs> you're right. She wasn't a bodybuilder. Yeah. But she ate everything in moderation. She just didn't eat any processed food. She didn't eat anything out of a can. Yeah. Uh, she ate. She bought her food fresh, like right. for one or two days in advance. But you know, she never had a bigger. You know, she, her protein was smaller than what her vegetables and her salad was. Sure. And, and but she had protein at every yeah. meal. And and that's exactly what the Chinese did. You know, they mm-hmm. had more. You know, again, you know, they had more of the noodles and the rice and, you know, Mm -hmm. and they just had a small amount of protein that Mm -hmm. they were consuming. Well, that's like my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, what are your thoughts on the intermittent fasting uh, trend at the moment? Yeah, so um, because we hear both. We hear both sides. So people often think that I do intermittent fasting. I mean, I. You did tell me for lunch you only eat an apple and peanut butter. Well, that's not I, I have an apple. I have, a, I have an apple and peanut butter for breakfast. Okay. And, then, oh, okay. I, and then I don't eat anything until 6 o'clock at night for wow. dinner. Okay. So there's some intermittent fasting that goes on there. But, you know, I, I find that if I were to eat lunch, I'm really fatigued and tired. Mm-hmm. It just kind of takes you down. So I think intermittent fasting is good. What I suggest for people mm-hmm. is to do a vegetable juice fast. And you can do a vegetable mm-hmm. juice fast, say, one day a week. And I think that that really acts as a very nice catharsis for your body. I use vegetable juices because they're much lower in sugar and right. glucose than the fruit juices. So, for instance, a six-ounce glass of carrot juice is like 35 calories. A six-ounce glass of orange juice is going to be 100 calories. So a much lower consumption of sugar and glucose. So, mm-hmm. so I think that's what, a- why is that good for your body to take one day to just juice fast? Why? Again, because it allows your liver and your kidneys to almost, like, not shut down, but go into a resting mode, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so they get quiescent, they get quiet. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Is that something you practice? Uh, I used to, but now, no. Now it's because, I mean, I'm exercising, like, three hours a day, you know, so today. Wow, that's amazing. I did did five miles, (gasps) you know, I mean. Really? and, And I'm mostly walking, you know, I decided... When I thought I was running, they were stopping me for loitering. So I decided I just ought <laughs> to walk, walk, you know. So so I, I decided that was the better way to go. So I w- do five miles every morning. Then I go wow. to a 25-meter pool, and I swim, swim. And I swim a mile, like Camelback, yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the, camelback. At, at the spa. But, but, oh, that's uh, a beautiful they, spa. They, they have lap lanes. Mm-hmm. Or Camelback. Camelback Spa. Camelback uh, on uh, Lincoln. Oh, uh, yes, I saw. Okay. Yeah. Camelback Inn. Yeah, Camelback Inn. Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll stop yeah. you there. We'll see yeah. you there. <laughs> right, so stop by. Yeah. So I swim a mile, and then uh, and then I, in the afternoon, which I did today, I ride a stationary bike for 10 miles. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, break it up, you don't do it all and then I and then I, lift, uh, and then I lift weights. No, I don't do it, you know, because then I have other things I have to do during the day. Right. Like podcasts or things, you know, but, right. but, but I did bike and lift weights today. So, so, so I have a gym and exercise. Yeah, I have, every day. I exercise every day. That's I, like my grandma. I, every I day. think it's really important. I, I mean, and at your age, Chet, you're probably exercising almost every day. You know? Oh yeah, I do exercise day, every yes. day. Actually, um, my <laughs> motto is no days off because uh, I actually got really out of shape 
during like the peak of COVID when everything yeah. was shut down and yeah. they locked up the basketball hoops and the like yeah. the hiking trails. Yeah. I kinda used that as an excuse to just be lazy and drink a lot. And I gained about like thirty pounds and I I was just feeling like crap. And he looked get, like Elvis when, when Elvis I, was fat. Yeah, yeah, right. At the end. <laughs> I wasn't looking good. Uh yeah. and um and I realized it when I was in the studio working on music. I was just like, I can't get comfortable. I couldn't get good posture. Yeah. I just didn't feel good. And um, I realized that for me, it's really easy to get stuck in good habits or bad habits yeah. if I just stay on top of them. So I'm just doing no days off yeah. when it comes to working out and to working on music. Yeah. Um, so that's just how I stay on top of my good habits. But one question that I have for you is... Um, for people that are like me that work out really rigorously, like I'll be at the gym, I'll work, I'll run for like 30 minutes to an hour and then I'll be at the gym for an hour to two hours. Like I, sure. I work out really hard. Oh, and this is um, quite amazing because yeah. if something happened where he had to do music recording in the morning yeah. or whatever he was busy with, yeah. I'll say, oh, do you want to go to dinner? And it's like seven o'clock. He goes, no, I'm going to the gym right now. And he'll be there till like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. So he's committed. I'm super totally. committed. Mm-hmm. He's but I have to eat so much. Yeah. It's like going to like your diet sounds like I would I would just implode from <laughs> lack of energy. Yeah. But I think everybody's eat, different. Oh yeah. Because yeah. my grandma ate a lot of food. Yeah. Oh yeah, so she that's what I was gonna food. ask is that yeah, for I, people that are working out like a crazy amount, is it mm-hmm. okay to have a way higher calorie intake? Because right now I'll eat like two thousand calories in one oh, meal. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not suggesting for you to minimize your caloric intake. Mm-hmm. I mean you you could for you, you could be eating four thousand calories based on your exercise mm-hmm. and everything else. So I think my grandma ate five thousand calories. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. You like yeah. to exaggerate. That's yeah. Sure. yeah, and the other the other thing when people <laughs> lower their caloric intake, so people, you know, a lot of times they want to get on a diet. You know, and it's like, oh, I'm I'm going to get an ultra low calorie diet. And I'm going to eat five hundred calories a day. What they don't understand is by lowering it to five hundred calories a day, their metabolism is going to slow way down. Mm-hmm. And your metabolism at 4,000 calories a day is way up there. So you're just burning this like crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's like putting wood into the fire. You have to put a certain amount of wood into the fire to keep it up so it's just not kindling. So I think it's extremely important for people to, if they want to lose weight and they they have to consume at least 1,000 calories a day no matter what they're doing. So mm-hmm. just be smart about the calories you're consuming. So salads... Fruits, vegetables, you know, that type of thing. How do you feel so about that? that? So, well, it sounds like it's really important for people to find what their goal is then. They need to realize, like, yes. do I want to lose 10 pounds? Do I want to stay at the same weight? Do I want to gain 10 pounds? Because then they need to realize that they need to reduce their calories or increase. Exactly. Yeah. So if you increase your caloric expenditure by, say, 500 calories a day, that's important. And reduce your caloric intake by, say, 500 calories a day. So 3,500 calories equal one pound. Mm-hmm. Wow. 3,500 calories. So if you <laughs> – so people don't realize that. Wow. So, I mean, there's a lot of calories, you know. So you're talking – you know, I mean, and that's – the equivalency of 35 miles of, say, walking or jogging or running, you know, to, wow. to get that one pound. So you're going to have to reduce the number of calories. So, mm-hmm. for instance, if you walk a mile or jog a mile, you're still burning up about 100 calories. The difference between running it is you're going to get increased cardiovascular benefits. So uh, if you bicycle three miles, that's 100 calories. If you swim a mile, that's the equivalency of about 300 calories that's that, you, that you're burning. That's it? It doesn't seem like a lot. You know, uh, if you jump up 
and down, say, on a trampoline or something for 14 to 16 minutes. That burns up 100 calories. You know, if you uh, uh, decide to play tennis, you probably burn up maybe 300 calories in an hour, you know. So, you know. Basketball's got to be up there because that's like yeah. the thing I, when I want to just go yeah. die cardiovascular. I just go that's to the, the basketball. Yeah. 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 So if you're doing full court basketball, you're, you're going to burn up 500, 600 calories in an hour for and what sure. About so, and that's 50 calories. That's it. For warning. <laughs> Depends how you do it, I suppose. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And how often. If it's with Ray J, it might be a little higher. <laughs> so basically we have to keep moving. Yes. We yeah. have to keep moving. Move, move I, it move or lose it. Move right. it or lose it. Yeah. Move it or lose it. That can yeah. be the title. One yes. question I have is uh, I always see my sister doing a bunch of like anti-aging ointments and like creams. Oh, and yeah, all sure. That right. kind of stuff. Yeah. Do, do you think those have an important role to play for keeping your skin more tight? That's y- You know, I, people always ask me, it's like, what do you do? use on your skin it's like soap and water you know so I've, oh, okay so yeah. you are basically I've, just all diet and exercise I, I, yeah i've never I, I mean i've never had facials i've never you know i don't do skin treatments you know mm-hmm. i mean you know my wife has been trying to talk me into this micro needling and that's all this his, kind his of sister. stuff oh she's gorgeous yeah, yeah she's tall yeah. she looks a lot like chad yeah, actually right. yeah she would have actually loved to be on this episode because she oh, yeah. is yeah. She's obsessed with anti-aging yeah, yeah. but so the we'll creams back. Are, can we get you back on the weekend she can only do the show on a week, sure on a weekend. yeah absolutely okay. so yeah she uh you know probably is using a lot of these creams and things like that and uh you know but uh at her age you know, she's gonna look she's beautiful no matter what she does so <laughs> yes. you know i mean and is it going to prevent her from having a- aging so it, it's as far as skin, I think it's really important to pick the right parents. So it depends upon <laughs> you have the right parents. <laughs> you know, so you Gigi know, looked really so, good at yeah, her age. So uh, you know, depending upon what your hereditary component is, gorgeous. You know, yeah. so uh, you know, I think that's uh, important. And staying out of the sun, you know, when we're in sunscreen. So, My grandma. So those are really the keys to you know keeping your skin looking good and hydration. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think water. you know. I, you you read a lot about that, you know. Um, am I totally convinced that hydration is the key? You know, people always ask me about that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I uh, after I swim, I go into a steam room, uh, so I think that's pretty good for you know dilating your pores and things oh, like that, and, and the sweating. Uh, you know, I think that's good. But uh, but a little bit of vitamin but, D. Do the, we need a little bit? Because my grandma thought we yeah. needed a little bit of early morning sun. Yeah. She wouldn't do the sun between 10 yeah. and 5. Right. So, uh, she was always strict about between 10 and 5. Yes. Yeah. So you can get vitamin D from eating certain foods, you know, the sardines and tuna and, and salmon, you know, that's going to give you a certain amount of vitamin D. Uh, you can take uh, supplements of vitamin D. You can take a thousand to uh, two thousand international units of vitamin D a day. You know uh, the, the recommended daily allowance for vitamin D is really quite minimal. It's maybe a hundred uh, international units. Uh, you know, so uh, taking a vitamin D supplement is good for some people. You know, uh, um, you know I have a physician's assistant, and, and she and I've often. You 
you know, she'll always test patients for vitamin D, you know. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You know, if they go in the sun for 10 minutes, your skin synthesizes vitamin D, you know, and you'll get more than adequate mm-hmm. amounts of it. And uh, inevitably, we would find that probably 50% of the patients we were testing have vitamin D deficiencies. They're, they're low in vitamin D. And these are people sometimes who get a lot of sun, you know, but for some reason they are low in vitamin D. So for those patients, sure, we'll recommend that they take a vitamin D, uh, you know, uh, supplement, you know, again, 1,000 to 2,000 international units. I don't want to say her name, but I have a friend that has was low in vitamin D and she developed, uh, is it Parkinson's disease? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Chetit Cindy, I'm not going to say her last name. Yeah. And it's because she never was in the sun. She was anti-sun yeah. because she would burn. So no sun at all. And that's why she d- developed the Parkinson's yeah. disease. Yeah, mm-hmm. the par- Parkinson's is interesting, but I'm not sure that it's linked to vitamin D. You know, I, okay. I, I haven't seen a lot of scientific evidence that, that specifically links the, the vitamin D to the Parkinson's. Parkinson's mm-hmm. is basically, you know, a coefficient of, uh, it's, it's called the substantia nigra. It's an area in your brain uh, that produces dopamine. So mm-hmm. dopamine levels get low. So when dopamine levels get low, that's when people develop Parkinson's. So you can get the tremor in, mm-hmm. in your hand. You, know, you can get the shuffling gait. You can get a loss of balance, you know, and, and things like that, uh, you know, when you develop Parkinson's. One of the interesting studies that I recently read, it suggested an early sign of Parkinson's is when you have nightmares. So a, a patient who's having nightmares in the middle of the night and, you know, they're beating their wife and they're kicking, you know, or the husband and they're screaming and yelling and having those nightmares, it can actually be an early sign oh of, of Parkinson's disease. So uh, so you want to get checked by a neurologist. They can do these dopamine studies on you and find out if you're low in dopamine. There's a lot of new medications they're using. They use a drug called Meripax and uh, Rasoline is an ex- so this one study that I read, they're using this drug uh, patients out there today who might have Parkinson's. They might want to research this study, but it's a study that was being done at the University of Birmingham, and they were using a drug called Rasoline uh, and Meripax. So the difference between the, the, this study and the current study is most of the drugs they use basically increase the amount of dopamine. Mm-hmm. This study decrease the ability of the body to metabolize the dopamine so it actually stayed high. So it decreased the amount of dopamine that was actually being utilized by the body. So uh, Parkinson's is a whole different, th- whole different right, thing. Right, right. So, but there are so a lot of drugs, a lot, lot of drugs that treat it. Yeah, sugar. And the re- because, and I'm not going to try to form your opinion. I know you yeah. are very opinionated. Are you I diabetic? Appreciate. I'm not. I'm asking for Chet because my son... He she's like she's very hypocritical, though, because she drinks a bottle of wine a day, right. but like doesn't that. work out vigorously. Right. Okay. I do consume a decent amount of sugar, but I burn it all off because uh, I work out exactly. extremely vigorously. Right, yeah. She doesn't work out very vigorously. She will yes, hike. A, no, you'll hike a little bit, but you don't go fast. You don't run. No, you're, you don't really work out vigorously. I do work out. No, vigorously. okay, what's the last, when's the last time you did heavy weight training or a fast run? Uh, with you about two weeks ago. That was not heavy weight training. That was just maintenance mobility training. That was not heavy, <laughs> vigorous weight training. Well, what do you consider a good weight This workout? is turning into family feud. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome we to di- In the Green Room. We got, yes. <laughs> we got, a, we got a different show, folks. Okay. So what Chet should do... Okay, yeah, let's is, touch is, up what to do. You, you, you should, I mean, basically, uh, you should probably see your doctor. 
and you should have a hemoglobin A1C. Hemoglobin A1C tells you what your blood sugar has been doing over the last three months. So it's not like a simple glucose test. You know, it's basically shows you what's happening in your body, and it'll show you if you kind of have that increased propensity to develop diabetes down the road. And then it'll help you to know what you really need to How do. How much I so, should reduce it. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, so if for, so the normal should be somewhere lower than, say, 5.6. If it's above 5.6, then you get into what's called the pre-risk area for diabetes. So that would be, whoa, Chet, I need to change it, you know, this and that type of thing. And, and that may be a harbinger, you know, kind of a warning sign for you, you know, that you know, basically presages diabetes down the road. So he could be saving your life right now. Yeah. So, no, well, you're just being hyper dramatic right now because okay. I actually, ironically, I love him ha- so much. I promise you, every meal he has sugar, and it, and in one meal he'll have. I told you, an orange juice, a pancake. But I learned it from you because you drink a bottle of wine every day. So I learned it from you. I do two glasses. Yeah. Do not make me pull this show over. <laughs> but um, so, David, so right when I was get, right now I was getting into the peak of my um, like health kick when I was getting back into things I re- I tried to uh, decrease kind of like the simple carbs the ones you uh, mentioned earlier like rice, pasta potatoes, rice, rice pasta, pasta, pasta potatoes, rice, potatoes and bread and, and bread. Um, so I, I was trying to avoid meals that would have those things I would try to avoid no pizzas pizza. or pastas or yeah. Yeah, rice bowls but yeah. I noticed Sandwiches. that my when I was trying but I was still trying to have the same workout regimen my energy levels were just going like whoosh. Yeah, and diving. then yeah. this and then the second that I went back to kind of just eating whatever I want, like, oh, this restaurant sounds good. I'm going to go there and yeah, just right. order yeah, whatever sure. I want. When I went back to doing eating whatever I want, not caring, my yeah. energy levels went back to 100. And, like, back to my workouts being 100% efficiency, hitting my top weights. Sure. So I realized that for my body, I just need to have a high caloric intake and – I have been including those yeah. pastas, But healthy choices. Rices. I think yeah. Doc is saying yeah. healthy choices. No, I've still been eating stuff like the pastas, the rices, the yeah. breads. Yeah. So it's just what works for me personally. Yeah. So, and, and I think at your age, you're fine. Mm-hmm. And because you ex- you're exercising as much as you are, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, being – Smart, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. just being as smart as you can Managing about it. it, you know. Doc, I like and what having you a said. big old steak and you know, you know, a sixteen ounce steak. I, I don't think you need to do that. It's overkill. Doc, I love what you said about getting your blood taken because I, uh, my dad is a retired uh, cardiologist. Sure. And whenever we were sick, all he cared about is. So I never wanted to say I was sick. I never right. pretended to be sick. Right. Because he'd say, "All right, good. We're going to get your blood taken." Right. I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and right. I hate I, still to this day. I hate needles. I'm I have PTSD about having needles. Yeah. So I never skip school because if we're sick, we had a needle in our arm. Yeah. To check our blood. Right. Because it's a guessing game without taking your blood, and 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 having the results from that whatever's exactly. going on with your blood. Right. You have a comparison. Sure. Chet, when, Chet, when, when was the last time you had your blood taken? When's the last time you went to the doctor? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've been trying to get her to get health insurance for over a few years, and she won't. He's teasing. That's a joke. Okay. But no, it's true. I, I don't go to doctors because I feel very healthy. Yeah. But I think that because of it, 
we, he so has, practice yeah. what you preach. You tell me not okay. to have wine or have sugar, but you drink wine on the show, literally consuming sugar right in front of us. Martin, can you, and you tell me to go to the doctor, I but you don't go to the doctor. Wine, so I don't know <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about, King. Martin, that's top. <laughs> pro sugar, pro wine. <laughs> but in moderation, yes. as Dr. Mullen said, yes. you got to be healthy. And if you don't like where your body's at, you want to lose some weight, you have to reduce those things. Mm-hmm. I'm just somebody who's in the opposite right now. I'm trying to gain some weight, trying to gain about five more pounds of muscle. So I'm the, I'm in the opposite of trying Which to gain I, I'm no expert. Or lose weight. He's the expert. Yeah. But my grandma, I think you have the similar type body style as she does. And... I'm a man. What are you talking about? <laughs> as far as she, ate she was a, lot a of big muscle, muscular woman. No, she wasn't. No, she no, was that's, small. That's true. She, yeah, what? Yeah, you, she wasn't big. You're not making um, any sense right now. What I'm right trying now. to say is, she would eat a lot of cal. She ate a lot of food. My grandma would right. put oh, down, yeah. but she, she would eat more than lean. a man. But she was pretty lean. Yeah, she oh, was yeah. lean, but she she always was moving. Yeah. My grandma wouldn't sit around. Right. She was always doing mm-hmm. a project. Yeah. She was always walking somewhere. She was yeah. hiking. She was gardening. Great. She would hang the laundry on the clothesline, even though we had a washer yeah. and dryer. Yeah. But she Dr. Mullen always- is the true example yeah. of the yeah. peak of how healthy you can be. The fact that he is running and swimming almost every day and then also yes. basically having the intermittent fast. That's the number one way to combat aging is to have the proper amount of calories, eating healthy stuff. And be working out. And mostly vegetables, fruits and vegetables. Would you say that's what you mostly eat? Yeah. Well, I, I, and again, I eat chicken and fish. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you probably have salmon, you know, three, four times a week, you know. So I must be doing kind of good because I eat salmon probably <laughs> four days a week. Yeah. I would say four days a week mm-hmm. I eat salmon. Yeah. You saw me eat it today. Mm-hmm. And I eat a vegetable at every meal. Yeah. And I try to skip breakfast unless I'm having breakfast with Chet. Right. One question I have is uh, what do you think is more important, weightlifting or running for age, combating aging? Because uh, Running. Okay, interesting. Uh, unequivocally, yeah, because you need the cardiovascular health. So, you know, the weight training, I mean, and you can do circuit weight training and get a cardiovascular response I from that. I love that answer. But, but the other side of it is, you know, the running, I would have to say, is going to give you the cardiovascular endurance and keep your arteries open and reduce the risk of coronary artery disease and lower your risk of diabetes. And, you know, I mean, so all of those are the factors. And, you know, when they've done studies, like head-to-head studies, I mean, it's always cardiovascular over muscle building. Yeah. So if you can't run, would you still recommend walking, Absolutely. hiking, those kind of things? Yeah, yeah, the the run, yeah, running is great if you can do it and as for as long as you can do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cuz it's pretty um, rough on the body sometimes. Okay, so yeah. my dad and my grandma were anti my dad is 95 right now, my yeah. grandma 105 that passed. Yeah. They both were anti running. Yeah. They said you have to do things that are, you know, like like uh, resistance training or right. weights. Yeah. And a brisk walk. And swim, 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 swim. Yeah. So, well, swimming is a great exercise. Number, yes. number one. I mean, it, it, you, you could, yeah, you could swim yes. every day. But yeah, again, it's an upper body. It's you know, I mean, it, you know, keep your abs, mm-hmm. you know, really tight, and you know, and your back muscles and everything. Pretty low impact. impact. And, yes. and it's low impact, so the risk mm-hmm. of injury. You know, uh, running. You know, and again, mm-hmm. you know, because I run a lot of marathons, and you know, that's really true to my heart. You know, the running. Uh, I always. I'm an anti-runner. I'm feel just saying that it's, I don't like running. And and plus, the walking, jogging is the easiest thing for people to do because you can't always get to a pool. You know, mm-hmm. everybody doesn't have a pool. So, if I had to recommend one exercise, it would be 
go out your house. You don't need to go to a gym. You don't need a treadmill. Just go outside your front door, walk out a half a mile, and then come back a half a mile. You know, I always recommend exercising every day and at least 10 minutes a day. It's the minimal addictive dose of exercise. So I look at exercise as a an addiction, okay. you know, and, mm-hmm. you know. That's so interesting you're saying that because last week we had an ex- uh episode that was kind of about exercise and I tried to make the point that you can get a really good workout in in 10 minutes Yes, and people try to say they don't have time to do it. It's like, yeah. oh no, you can go jog for 10 minutes and you're going to get pretty sweaty. Exactly. And you're going to get a cardiovascular benefit. You'll burn up 100 calories and you know and everything else. But uh, if you exercise every day for 30 days, minimal addictive dose, whether it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is, uh, and you attempt to stop after 30 days, you'll feel a little bit of depression, anxiety, Mm. irritability, uh, almost as if you were addicted to a drug and you were having the drug, Mm -hmm. you know, and the withdrawal effect. So I think it's really important, you know, to try to commit to at least 30 days. Now, if you want the maximal addictive dose, then go 90 days. If you do this every day for 90 days, I guarantee you, you try to stop, you're going to have depression, anxiety, fatigue, irritability, insomnia, you know, all the symptoms you'd get if you were addicted to a drug. And wow. I can confirm all of this because if I don't go wow. on a run or if I feel like crap, I know it's because I have not gone on a run. Right. I'm in that addicted mindset. I yeah. crave it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so it's one but, of the number one things that's right. healthy for our and, bodies. And, and yeah, our and mind. for my patients, I mean, you know, they'll come in, they'll be on six or seven different medications, and they come in for the first time, and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm on these medications and this and that. Well, we're going to reduce those medications. We're mm-hmm. not just going to say, okay, stop all those medications and take two miles and call me in the morning, you know. Right. I mean, it's not as it's, simple it's as path. that, you know. It's Baby basically steps. we're going to wean you from these medications, whether it's medications for diabetes or cholesterol, you know, or blood pressure, but you can potentially be off of those, you know. Uh, I, don't know I if love you, that you try to minimize that. That's so important. <laughs> And and that's really been the message that I've proselytized over the years in terms of with my patients. You know, I don't know if you remember Nathan Pritikin. I don't know if you remember that. Pritikin name. diet. Yeah. So the Pritikin diet. Favorite. Yeah. So the oh Pritikin. Oh my gosh. So Love the Pritikin diet. So yes. Nathan Pritikin and I uh, uh, lectured together years ago. You know, and he basically you lectured. You knew Pritikin. Oh yeah, we lectured <gasps> together. Yeah. You, oh my gosh, we yeah. have to do another show all about Pritikin. Love oh yeah. Pritikin. Okay. So we. Wow. Yeah, we uh, we. Lectured, I read that book ten times. Yeah, we lectured together. And uh, his his whole message was, again, you know, with diet. And he showed that he could actually uh, basically reverse diabetes Mm -hmm. by having people on somewhat of a Spartan diet, Mm -hmm. you know, which, again, eliminated the animal protein completely. And it was pretty much a vegetarian type of Mm -hmm. diet. Uh, and, and so he, instead of taking drugs, yeah, so he, he would was, do it with the diet. Yeah, so solely. he was a self-proclaimed nutritionist. I mean, mm-hmm. he he was an engineer by training, and he had a clinic in Santa Barbara, and then he moved it to Los Angeles, and then uh, basically had people stay there, and they stayed wow. there for a period of three to six weeks, and uh, we got to they meet would, they, again. they would walk out, and mm-hmm. you know, didn't have diabetes. So you met Pritikin? Yes, we, yeah. oh, my dad's obsessed yeah. with Pritikin. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. uh, wow. Well, it was annoying though when I was a teenager yeah. to be like, you know, we'd wake up in the morning, we'd have to have like 
uh, flaxseed cereal. Yeah, right. right. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we he, have to eat all of it. Yeah, he he was a great proponent of a lot of you know alternative remedies and you know uh, you know, but he was really one of the the forerunners in that field. You know, uh, but I will tell you that my my father came from a family that were all heavy set. Yes. Like if you see pictures of all his sisters and his brothers yeah. and his parents. Yeah. And they all died very young ages. I think they, yeah. they all died in their like 60s. Oh, okay. And so here at 95, he's still alive. Yeah. And he never wanted it to be. So he did all the research. That's why he became a cardiologist. And was obsessed with exercise. Oh, he exercised okay. about three hours a day. Wow. And he was, he was all about nutrition. And then he studied that whole Pritikin thing. But then he thought... That we needed to have fish and chicken as sure. well. And steak, he let us have like maybe once every two weeks. Right. Yes. Wow. So, and nuts. Yeah. He was obsessed with nuts and avocados and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. I'm a proponent of all those it's things. <laughs> How do you feel about this fad of gluten-free? Uh, gluten-free and cannabis are the things I want to ask yeah, you about. How much time do we yeah. have left, David? Uh, about 12 minutes. Yeah, 12 minutes. Oh, we have a lot of time. Perfect. Yeah, so people who get onto a gluten-free diet, sometimes they uh, are unable to absorb a lot of the nutrients that they actually need. So Mm -hmm. by getting onto a gluten-free diet, Mm -hmm. uh, it eliminates some of the things that you might actually need. So I think from that standpoint, uh, I'm not a Mm -hmm. proponent of it. And uh, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, they have a gluten allergy, but they really don't. So they may have a gluten sensitivity. They may have a lactose intolerance, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, or a a lactose sensitivity, but they don't really have the full-blown condition. Mm -hmm. So they don't need to eliminate all the dairy products. They don't need to eliminate all of the wheat products. And, uh, you know, I find that they uh, they often do better when they switch their diet. You know, uh, I just kind of changed my one daughter's diet the other day. I mean, she called me and she was having some issues and it was like, no, you need to change your you, you need to change your diet. You need to get back to this, this, and this. And for you, you, you need to start eating some bread. You know, it was like, <laughs> you, you need to incorporate bread. You, you need bread back into your diet. You know what I mean? And My grandma you know, always ate I'm, everything. Yeah. So and, and, do you think with those things, it might just be more important to find high quality organic gluten or high quality organic dairy? Because I've been hearing that mm. some people who think that they uh, have a gluten allergy, then they go to Europe. And they consume gluten or bread over there, yeah, right. where it's used with more organic. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and they don't natural. have a reaction anymore. Right, exactly. That's a smart yeah. question, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I don't think that the organic is necessarily any better. Now, my wife would disagree with me. You know, she's, oh, so altogether organic. You don't you don't do organic. Yeah, just in just <gasps> just in general. You know, I mean, and again, you know, it's supposedly I'm organic, it, so it eliminates all the pesticides mm-hmm. and things like that. But I'm not. As much a proponent, right? Exactly. So hold on, you're anti-organic. I'm not anti-organic. No. So is it because of the money? Do you think it's too expensive? Oh. no, do not I don't worry about really the money. <laughs> you know, I, I just am not certain that it is eliminating as many of the pesticides as yeah. they're talking about. You know, I think it's probably and, a reduction, but not elimination. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so you're the it, first it, doctor expert yeah. that has said that they don't believe in organics. Yeah. Well, 
again, I, I just am not a proponent and pushing people mm-hmm. towards the organic direction. You but know. what's in your home, organic yeah. or not organic? Well, we have a lot of organic because of my wife, but okay. she's doing the shopping and not because of me. You know, so she, it's she likes to shop at Whole Foods. I love Whole Foods and I love organic. <laughs> that's that's you, the only place you'll shop. But you know what? You know what? Can I tell you guys right sure. now? I see more organic products now at Costco. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. so impressed. Like yeah. 80% yeah. of they're, what they have now. Exactly. Because yeah. so many yeah. people are requesting it. And you right. get it in bulk and it's such a reasonable price. Yeah. Like Chet, Well, it's getting more and more. Water. But yeah. it's, yes. there's you know over 200 pesticides that are... Uh, approved as organic, so you know, yes. they still don't, and, and none of those pesticides have had long-term studies I, I, on their impact I, I, on th- the humans. Uh, that's exactly. Body. I disagree that's with a, both of you guys. Yeah. I believe in yeah. organic. That's exactly. Uh, I think you're <laughs> yeah. And I think we're I, well, you believe in Santa Claus too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Do I think organic gotcha. is bad? No, I don't think no, organic I don't think is bad. bad. Okay. No. I just I don't think. I disagree with both of you and Dr. Mullenix. So you think it's bad? Hear it now. Kinga said that organic is bad. Okay. Did I say that? I mean. I disagree with you guys because I think organic is correct. And I think you look good because your wife is cooking you organic and buying organic. So for you to say that's the only thing. You're misunderstanding what he's saying. He's saying he's not against it, but he doesn't necessarily push people in that direction. Yeah, I'm just not pushing it. That's all. You're a pusher. Oh, I love it. Good. Yay. David has a question. No, I used to work at Whole Foods. So really the only thing organic means is as soon as they pick it from the farm, they try their best to absolutely not touch it with anything else until it gets to the store. That's all <coughs> organic means. It's not necessarily – yeah, like like he's saying, you're not missing any proteins, anything from the plant. Obviously, the like growth hormones that they're doing and how they grow it is a little bit different. But it still is like more or less the same food whether it's organic or conventional. Wait, what about the yeah. certified organic? No, yeah, that, that stuff um, – uh-huh. that all means like it's all like – as soon as it t- grows out of the ground, it hasn't been touched with anything. That's okay. all that means. Yes, well, well, that's, that's, it hasn't been touched with anything that's not approved organic. Or yeah. that is Absolutely. necessary for the plant growing. So, okay, and so, my, uh, my grandma, 105 and a half, yeah. believed in organic. Yeah. She yeah, wouldn't no, eat anything. I don't yes. think there, there was no organic when she was 85. Because <laughs> that's the thing. All it is, she grew her own stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all it grow is your own is a method of obtaining the things naturally it's not any like health benefit or anything. it's just how it's grown because some people yes. have like sensitivities to pesticides blah, blah, uh, yes yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. pesticides yeah. cause it's the way it should yeah. be absolutely but i don't yeah. think it's as big of a deal as most people make it yeah, yeah. thank you David. so, so on the next show you can have my wife well, three because she, yes, she, yes. She, she has a master's in sustainability <gasps> Okay. Which Stop is, it, which really? Is, yeah. Oh, my and, God. And she, where is she? Why didn't you bring her? Well, she, that's, she said, do they want me to come? I was like, they didn't ask for you. I said, you can do the next show. I said, I'll send you down. No, you can have her on by herself. No, we want you guys together because I want to okay. hear the whole, oh, the whole thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> She'll talk about how much more she spends when she buys organic. <laughs> yes. Well, one reason why this is uh, such a pertinent topic right now, though, is because I don't know if you saw, but it was big now national news like 10 days ago that the study came out that showed that 80% of Americans had Roundup in their urine, which is basically only used in non-organic 
pesticide Thank process. You. So, Thank you, Chad. Right. Um, that's why a lot of people have been talking about it over the past couple of weeks because yes. it's pretty yeah, alarming. I saw that study. And that's known yeah, as a that's right. very toxic yep. carcinogen. So, right. so my grandma yeah, would with the look round at up. the Roundup was a big deal. And, a half, yeah. and my grandma would look at where it's grown. Yeah. And I don't want to sound racist, but my grandma would be like, oh, this is grown in Mexico. Sure. No. Yeah. And I don't know why she'd say that, but she'd say that because she thought they used more pesticides there. Uh, less yeah. Like yes. Yes, less FDA regulations. So she particularly looked at, oh, that's from Chile? No. So she wanted only local produce or what she grew herself. She did a lot of growing herself. So right. you, you grow your own I try garden. to, yes. yes. That's good. That's good, yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't have a garden at our house, but there's you a— You do Whole Foods. But <laughs> there's a garden <laughs> where Paige, my wife— you know, she has a garden at the school, so she works really? with edible, like an edible schoolyard. Mm-hmm. So the kids get to plant it, they get to cook what? it, and then they get to eat it. That's and uh, so that is all organic down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Let's so, do we, a monthly so show we, with you guys. So, so we have a found, the Mullen couple. Well, we have a foundation, the Mullen Foundation, for wow. the prevention of childhood obesity and healthy lifestyle. So she teaches them mindfulness. She teaches them yoga. You know, she teaches them all of these. That's extraordinary. So we've been doing this for the last 10 years. So So you're giving back. Yes. So the garden that she has is at 14th Street in Garfield, you know, that works with that uh, particular school. And then she's incorporated it into the whole district. And then she teaches other teachers in different districts how to develop an edible schoolyard and basically have the kids learn these skills. And the skills are lifestyle skills because they learn mm. not only the planting, the harvesting, the cooking, and, and, and that popcorn is not a vegetable, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the first time many of these kids in a socioeconomically deprived area, you know, that they get to have these great lunches. Well, so she's incorporated that mm. into their whole lunch program. Well, how amazing would it be? Because, I mean, kids are always hungry anyway. How yeah. amazing would it be to have apple mm. trees and orange trees and peach trees and fig trees and all that type yeah. of thing on campus? So if someone was hungry, all they had to do is go grab it. Oh, yeah. Well, and she it. grows everything there. I mean, they how grow cantaloupes. They grow watermelons. They mm-hmm. have lettuce. They have beets. They, You know, she brings cucumbers home that are, like, gigantic. Right, you know? right. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. How did she get started with this idea? Um, it's incredible. We have three minutes. Yeah, so the foundation, we started it together. It's you called? Know, and it, the Mullen Foundation. Okay. And uh, because of this, uh, you know, I, I believe that the tsunami of healthcare of the 21st century is childhood obesity mm-hmm. because all the kids are going to develop diabetes. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to develop heart disease and hypertension <coughs> and, you know, and everything else. So, you know, that's one of the reasons that we started the whole thing. And it's because incredible. of my passion for exercise and then mm. you know her passion you know she's a special ed teacher by training mm-hmm. and you know so she has compassion for wow. kids right and so that's how we kind how of did you guys incorporate meet? it well yeah, wait we, let's we, let's do a little recap yeah. of the episode let's give people okay, one okay. last anti-aging tip for the end of the episode Two minutes. and uh where they can find your books and all that sure so they 
<laughs> they, I guess they can find my books online probably somewhere. You what know, the, in, in, the, the in, so, so the first book was Run for Your Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second book was uh, The Mullen Method, a 30-day program to lifetime health addiction. And then it was Dr. Mullen's anti-aging diet. Mm-hmm. Then Dr. Mullen's anti-aging program. And then Health Anomics. And so those are the five uh, main books that, that I have. So well, we can check them out on Oprah. Larry King, Good Morning America. Right. And if somebody wants to ask me a question, they can, you know, send me an email at askdrartmullen at gmail.com. And we'll hear about how you met your wife next episode when the two of you are on. When the two of us are on. Perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. We are in the green room dot green. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, uh, all the podcast channels. 15 podcast channels. Star Worldwide Network. Saving the planet. Uh, one show at a time. And this is Martin Niner, and he is yesismorefun.com. Yesismorefun.com, and don't forget about Deep Chetty. Deep Chetty. <laughs> and he's got a show August 27th at Sunbar, 9 o'clock. Right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thank you.